this thing working? Give me some sound over here. Yeah. The Out of Bounds Show is powered by the award-winning golf courses at Dancing Rabbit Golf Club in Philadelphia, Mississippi. Uh, it is a great place to watch the NFL Draft. The Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. And other than the weather today, Dancing Rabbit Golf Courses, the Azaleas in the Oaks. Visit DancingRabbitGolf.com, book your stay and play, and you can do Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge, full bar and food for the NFL Draft. And then you can also hit Philip M's. Old school, old style Vegas Steakhouse, and it's fantastic. They've got Russell's Reserve Bourbon and Wild Turkey Rare Breed, by the way, which is awesome. they got a great selection of bourbon there. And the new chef there is crushing it at Philip M's uh, at Pearl River Resort. So we are the Out of Bounds Show, ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We have our friend Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. I can't believe he's joining us on NFL First Round Draft Day. He joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line. Uh, Steve P., how long you been up, and will you sleep? Uh, well, I guess you won't sleep till like midnight, right? Oh, maybe beyond that. I'm battling a little uh, sickness right now, so I'm trying to rest up for tonight. But I'm, uh, I'll be ready to go. I'll be ready to go live on YouTube and then uh, an immediate uh, instant reaction podcast right after the first round. I love it. I love it. Okay, so you had two of your kids – Two of your nine kids did the did a, a mock draft, and I, you said either one of them, I guess they each did different ones. Had Emmanuel Forbes going to the Dallas Cowboys um, oh, with yeah. the twenty six pick? Is that right? Yeah, they know what they're doing. They yeah, know they what do. They're doing. Um, I had them switching off picks. My six, my seven and six year old, my six year old bowed out at one point, but the seven year old uh, finished strong. <laughs> And uh, the people are trashing them right now on Twitter, as they should. A lot of crazy picks on there. A lot of crazy picks. Eagles taking two receivers and the whole deal. You never, you never know if the kids are going to pick. <laughs> I love it. Okay, so Blake would, Blake, would you be okay with that pick? I don't Cowboy, know that I the mean, Cowboys I, need. You know, him. I don't know if you need a corner, but you're you're tied to Mississippi State. Yeah, you were born in Texas. You you were even a Cowboys fan. Yeah, prior to Dak Prescott going to the Cowboys. See, I admit that the only reason I root for the Cowboys is because when Dak Prescott became the starting quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So how would you feel about that Forbes pick? I'll never be unhappy about a quality winner going to a quality winner. Oh, you know wow. what I mean? We're not going to, we're not going to be upset. Is it the best thing? Maybe, maybe not. It's all going to depend on what, how, how it happens in front of us. Okay. You, you can't reach on a guy. So if, if Forbes is the best available, you take a champ like Forbes and you, and you keep on keeping on. All right, let's go to Steve. Steve, what round, uh, what grade do you have? What round grade do you have for Emmanuel Forbes? I, I think he should go in the first. I think there's there's a lot of smoke around him and our hometown Cincinnati Bengals over here. Um, I don't think Dallas, I mean, even though they traded for Stephon Gilmore, they only have him for one more year. It actually wouldn't be crazy for Dallas to do that and to say, hey, we got to pay Trayvon Diggs next year. Let's bring in Forbes to be that guy opposite him. Uh, the more I've watched him and the more I've crunched the numbers, I love Forbes more and more. Uh, he shows even better every time I go back to look at it. Absolute playmaker, uh, baller at the catch point. And, uh, yeah, I think he'll get called late first here tonight. I like that. Baller at the catch point. Oh, look, at, did you hear what Palazzolo? He said he does think that he'll be called in the in the 31 picks tonight. I, I think it's great. I have a question, Steve. When you guys evaluate cor- 
every position I understand has intangibles and tangibles. So I understand the the issues with, oh, he might be a little light or whatever. But how do you weigh – is there a way to value the fact that he had so many interceptions and interceptions returned for a touchdown? I know in, like, fantasy terms, defensive scoring and defensive turnovers aren't necessarily comparable year to year, but is it – something that you can predict with an individual player? Can you really say, hey, there's value in this guy because he, not only does he make pass breakups, but he seems to come down with the ball a lot more often than the average person? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. With the weight thing, there's not a lot of comparables here. There's not a lot of guys who are under 170 pounds like, like Emmanuel Forbes through the years. You have guys like Jabari Greer played pretty well for the Saints for a few years, but that's pretty much it. And so that, that makes it tough. Um, I think with, as far as ball skills and forcing incompletions and turning it over, I think the, the key there is just looking at which things do translate. Knocking the ball down does translate. Interceptions are kind of fickle year to year, which is why I thought Trevon Diggs was actually better last year than he was the previous year when he had 11 interceptions. I think a lot of that's just luck. But overall, it is a skill to have. Hey, this guy's going to go up and get the ball. It doesn't mean he'll have eight interceptions every single year, but – you have bad quarterback play, whatever it might be, guy could take advantage. So I think that is a great skill for Forbes. And, yeah, the question is, very productive player, how will the weight translate? He, he makes up for it with how feisty he is as a tackler and at the catch point and everything he does, but there's not a whole lot of cops through the years who have been that slight. I, Daniel Jeremiah has him going 16th to the Washington Commanders. Forbes. Yeah, he's coming up. He's moving up. Wow. All right. What about Mingo? What, where, this is kind of the final deal going into the draft. Um, what round grade do you have on him? And, but also where do you think he could, he could land? I think as a company, we see him more as a late two into the third, but I think, I think he ends up going round two, uh, just because there's so many smaller receivers. We've talked about this Mingo, the guy that has that size speed combination, not a lot of other, not of other, a lot of other receivers in the draft class have that. Um, certainly could use a little more polish as far as route running goes and everything. But we have um, some spectacular plays on tape. He had a really good Senior Bowl. So yeah, I think Mingo ends up going in the second, especially because so many of the top receivers are all your five, five eight, five nine, hundred eighty pounds, hundred eighty pound types. And Mingo's gonna gonna move up a little bit. Okay, Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. He's gonna do about seventeen hours of YouTube and podcast today. And he joins us on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. His kids are now famous because they put out mock drafts. And Steve, I think, did 233 of them. So we should be ready for tonight. Um, I'll be sipping on a beverage. And I don't know, we got to eat something good tonight and, and locked in. Uh, Blake and I will not be there, unfortunately. But we did make Las Vegas. We'll have to make another one. Uh, but not making it to Kansas City. Uh Palzolo, I want you to listen to what Dave Bartu, another um, analytics um, dude, said about Anthony Richardson, and then I want to get your thoughts. The NFL on Sunday is not a combine. It's winning football games. Uh, and, and so I was actually, and with Richardson, I, I was starting to think, because what have we been hearing, or at least what I've been hearing for weeks now, is, well, somebody just needs to develop Anthony Richardson. So I started, I started digging, and I'm like, okay, I go back five years. And because the question to me was, okay, who has a negative quarterback effect in college 
and Anthony Richardson is very bad. He is, I mean, we're talking like minus eight, nine games. He's Deshaun Kaiser. He is Jake Locker. He is a bad quarterback effect guy. He's negative. And so I asked the question to myself, which guys have been drafted in the first round with a negative quarterback effect in college that were developed and ended up being a good starter for the franchise that drafted them? And it went back five years, and I didn't find anybody. Went back 10 years, and I found one guy. And I went back 15 years, and I still have one guy. I went back to the beginning, turn of the century, 23 years ago. There is one guy that has been taken in the first round in my system that is a negative quarterback effect and made it to the field as a successful three-plus-year NFL starter with the franchise that drafted him. That's Jared Goff. That's wow. it. That is it. There is nobody else, nobody else in the last 23 years. So you are hoping when you draft Anthony Richardson on paper, okay, you are, in my opinion, you are hoping he is one in 23 years of drafting. You are hoping he is Jared Goff. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus. Your thoughts? Yeah, I get it. I mean, I know how Dave, uh, you know, does his work as far as looking at quarterbacks and, and again their their effect on the team. I, I think that is a concern with Richardson. Hey, I'm a, I'm a Gators fan over here. I was watching a lot last year. He, Richardson was not as effective as Kyle Trask over the last couple of years, right? So, um, as talented as Anthony Richards, Richardson is. There was still never that point where he really carried the team. So uh, my concerns with Richardson are, I could say I'm in a similar way. Everybody that he's being compared to, Josh Allen, Cam Newton, whoever it might be, players that were were successful at the next level or got better at the next level or had an incredible skill set to translate to the next level, all of those guys were way ahead of Richardson coming out of college. Even though Josh Allen was all over the place from a – from an accuracy standpoint, his second to last season, 2016, he was excellent at Wyoming. Tim Newton, of course, carried Auburn to a national title. That's that. That's a quarterback effect right there, right? So that would be my concern with Richardson. Is he's going to compare it to all these guys, and it's like, what if? And we've just seen Josh Allen. We've just seen these guys get better. What if we could do the same thing with Richardson? He's he's athletic. He's talented. He wants it. All that stuff. But yeah, I do think it's a I do think it's a big risk. But the thing you would say there is. The, the, the way you would talk yourself into it is I can build my offense around him, whether I can build a run game around him. And so like the bears last year, Justin Fields was not a good passer. He was not an efficient passer. And they were about middle of the pack as far as efficiency for their entire offense, just because of fields running ability. It is underrated. And so that's what you would convince yourself of is that Richard, if you build your run game around Richardson, that he can, that that you're hoping to develop him as a passer, and even if he doesn't get there, you can still run a, an effective offense. Um, it's uncomfortable; you have to buy in, all that stuff. But that's where you could try to offset some of the development stuff and say, look, the floor is actually high, because if we tap into his running ability, we could we can move the ball uh, while we're kind of chasing that ceiling and hoping he develops as, as a passer. What would what do you have as his bus rate? Seventy percent. Yeah, I mean, most guys are that high anyway. It's probably a little bit higher. But 80. I don't think his bust rate's that different from, like, C.J. Stroud. 
Okay, hold on. Because CJ, like, hold on. Uh, let me give you the comps according to Bartu. He said CJ Stroud is EJ Manuel. Bryce Young is Troy Smith. And Anthony Richardson is Deshaun Kaiser slash Jake Locker. Yeah, Dave's, I mean, I know he's a harsh grader. <laughs> he wouldn't draft anybody. He wouldn't draft anybody most years, right? I mean, he was he was out on Burrow and Tua and everything, right? A couple of years ago because they're supporting cast. He was not out right? on Burrow, as, but yes, he was out on Tua. Now, he didn't have, I don't think he projected Burrow as what he's become, so I don't, you know. Yeah, I mean it doesn't matter. Like everybody has hits and misses. It's yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. Like here's the thing though, I think it's okay for teams to miss. Like I think it's okay that the Jets missed on Zach Wilson. You know, like they didn't burn a draft pick by doing that. They had to make a move. They needed a quarterback. You have to take shots. It didn't kill the franchise. They're back here two years later with Aaron Rodgers. They figured it out. It's okay to miss on a quarterback. Would you rather hit? Absolutely. I'd rather have Josh Allen than. Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and Josh Rosen from the 2018 class. But when you miss, it's okay. I think it's okay to miss on a quarterback because the payout of a quarterback is quadruple what the payout is for any other position. So it's, it's an uneven bet that you have to make. So that's why I think it's okay to, it's okay to miss because you have to take those chances if you don't have a QB. Okay. What, what would you put the bus rate on for Will Levis out of Kentucky? I, mean, I think they're all similar. I think, honestly, everybody, Levis, Stroud, and Richardson, I, I don't know off the top of my head what a normal bus rate is, but they're all in that 75 80% range, aren't they? Okay. There's only a few guys. That, the thing about that I like about Stroud, I, I think Stroud could have some serious issues because he doesn't have the running ability to, you know, to fall back on. If he doesn't have a good system or doesn't have a good offensive line, I, I really worry about C.J. Stroud under pressure. But if I give him a great situation, I can see I I might be happy with CJ Stroud for four or five years mm. on a rookie contract, and then he'll be one of those guys where it's like, do I really want to pay him forty to fifty million? Do I really want to do that? That's what I see from Stroud, and then we'll see what happens with Richardson and Levis. But yeah, I think there's, there's there's a risk associated with all of those guys. But you know, teams teams have to take shots. Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, on the Farm Bureau Insurance guest line. Will Hendon Hooker go in the first round? I'm going to stick with no. I mean, there's so much smoke around it, and I get that. I, I still think he ends up in the second. I think every year, and he's got more, there's way more rumors about Hendon Hooker going in the first, but every year we hear about the random third, second or third round quarterback that's going in the first. We heard the same thing about Mason Rudolph, Mike Lennon, Christian Hackenberg, like all these guys. Oh, they could go in the first, could go in the first. So I think Hooker ends up landing in second just because there are. There's a lot of QBs, but who knows, man. I'm, I'm seeing a lot of Hooker over Anthony Richardson and over Will Levis. So, man, we're going to be, you know, we'll be surprised tonight, I think, with uh, a lot of what goes down. Let's go to Dak and the Cowboys at number 26. How many tight ends do you think will have been taken by the time the Cowboys and Stephen Jones make the pick? I'll guess one. I think Dalton Kincaid is picked by then. But, again, who knows there, too. He's coming off injury, didn't get to see him work out. I don't know if teams will be a little wary of that. But uh, I think Kincaid goes from Utah. I think Michael Mayer from Notre Dame will be available. I think Darnell Washington from Georgia will be available. I don't love Washington in the first round. I think he's more of a second. I'd take Mayer back in in the first into the second. I think that'd be fine. 
But I think it's just the one tight end. Plus, there's depth here. There's depth at this uh, at the tight end position. You could get some guys later, but um, I do like some of that top end talent starting with Kincaid and Mayer. What about Luke Musgrave from Oregon State? I see this mock draft has him going to the Cowboys and Dak at twenty six. Yeah, he's interesting too. I mean, he so he missed most of last year. He probably would have broken out. He's six six, good frame, really good route runner. Um, doesn't really have the previous production. Actually, I should say not a great route runner. He's more of just a good size, ball skills type of guy. I like Musgrave more in the second. Um, again, I think there'll be people that like him, people that like Sam Laporta from Iowa. I think Musgrave's probably my least favorite out of those guys just okay. because I haven't seen as much production there. But I, I get it. Like, really big frame, wins at the catch point type of guy. So, yeah, I think we could see five tight ends go in the uh, in the first two rounds. And, but you like Mayer way more than uh, Musgrave. Uh, yeah, I do. I do like Mayer better. And then Darnell Washington, if you – you know, if you're going to use him as a run blocker and inline guy and all that stuff, kind of old school, uh, you could you could talk yourself into Washington, but I don't think he's as dynamic as some of those other tight ends because he's so big. Do you buy into the the you know the rumors about that the the Texans will not take C.J. Stroud because he's got the same representation as Deshaun Watson, or do you think that's nonsense? Um, buying into they might not draft him. Um, I think there's there's enough smoke around there at this point that the Texans might go defense and then figure out what to do with pick 12. Um, it's an interesting way to go. They don't, you know, I, we joke about this all the time. If we can't do a great job of predicting quarterbacks, why not just take chances? And who cares if you get the third or fourth option because you're not good at picking them anyway. Houston could go that route. And they've got pick 12. Maybe they end up trading up again, back into the top 10. They grab... Will Levis or someone else, or they get Stroud later, but they, you know, they comfort themselves with Will Anderson at two or whoever they want to take it to. So I, I think I'm starting to buy into the Texans picking a defensive player at two and then just kind of playing the game with the other quarterbacks that are available uh, at number twelve. Okay, so yeah, so stay in it. Uh, so for our listeners, Carolina Panthers one. Are you are you sold on Bryce Young there? Yeah, I think they're going Bryce Young. All right, so number two, the Texans. They don't have a QB, um, but Palazzolo thinks, hey, they could take a defensive dude and then kind of see what shakes out because they've got the 12th pick in the draft, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I to me, I would guess like 51-49 Stroud at two, but the 49 is defensive player, Will Anderson, Tyree Wilson, whoever it would be. But I would... You know, I could see Will Anderson being the guy. There's a lot of rumors around Paris Johnson, the offensive tackle from Ohio State, going at three to Arizona. And then, you you know, that puts the Colts up on the clock to figure out their quarterback situation with the, with their choice of QB2, whoever that is. So that's when it would potentially really get interesting if Houston does actually pass on the QB. What, what do you make of Lamar Jackson? Do you think he stays with the Ravens? Or do you actually think the 49ers – pull off a deal and and ship Trey Lance to the Texans and then some things play out and and they end up landing Lamar Jackson? I, I'm just rooting for chaos. I am rooting for the, the craziest too. scenario possible. Is that fair? Yeah. I want to see Lamar move and Trey Lance get traded and just, just chaos. QB carousel. I think Lamar gets moved somewhere. Maybe not tonight, but at some point. Okay, so you've got Lamar moving. Yeah. All right. 
Uh, yeah. will, will you be at the house or PFF headquarters? Uh, PFF headquarters, as long as I can kick this cold in the next eight hours. But, yeah, yeah I'll be there. We're going to be live on YouTube uh, tonight and tomorrow. And uh, I'm bowing out on Saturday, but our other guys are going to be there all day Saturday live. So, got to cover it wall to wall. Did you see Sean McVay in the L.A. Rams house that they that they rented for the draft? Yeah. Yeah, that's their new tradition. I was trying to text my buddies over there, like, hey, did you guys get invited to the house? They said, nope. <laughs> just, uh, just Sean and Les and a few guys. Okay. No else. Man, I can't believe your buds didn't make the, the cut. I know. Sad. 10,000 square feet. The Rams just to get in. Yeah, it looks <laughs> great. Uh, so they have three. I mean, they don't. Do you think they just do things a different way? I mean, how? How do you explain that? I mean, the Rams do, right? I mean, they, they couldn't even dabble in free agency this year because of how strapped they were from a cap standpoint. They absolutely went for it a couple of years ago. Uh, had to had to get rid of a bunch of veterans. So now they're sitting here going into the draft. They have an intriguing stretch of picks in like the 180s. It's way down there, but I kind of like the depth in this draft. But they're going to have to hit on some of those picks. They have, uh, I think it's 12 total picks. Rams are going to have to find three or four starters. In their offensive line, corner, receiver, you know, they just they just need players. So it's an intriguing draft for the Rams, but, hey, look, it paid off. They won their Super Bowl. They're paying for it right now, but they could be right back there if they could uh, hit on some draft picks this weekend where they have the, the 12 to uh, to choose from. Okay. All right, Blake, what do you, what do you make of that? Uh, they won a Super Bowl, so that's all, that's all that matters, right? So sell, sell your all soul to get the ring. No, I, I'm I'm with you. I, so do, with McVay and Shanahan and Mike McDaniel in, in Miami, is this like this new group? They don't really seem to give a damn, Steve. They're kind of like, we'll do what we want. And if we do get fired, I know they've been having success. We'll have a job in like 30 seconds. Is that how you see it? Kind of how they roll? I mean, it's just, it's how they've broken down where the edges are, I think, in the, in the league. So, I give them credit. I mean, they should. You should go with your convictions. Whether you know the Rams, the Rams initially did this whole trade all the picks because they realized pick twenty five versus you know pick two pick twenty fives say versus one Jalen Ramsey. You want the one Jalen Ramsey. You want yeah. the one Matthew Stafford yeah. over time. So that's what they figured out. Now they have to hit on their day three picks and some round three picks. They have to hit on some of those guys to make the whole strategy work. But that's the strategy that they bought into, and I think. I think it makes sense when you lay it out numbers-wise. Not everybody can do it, but the Rams have overall been, been pretty good doing it. Yeah, the Cowboys would never do that. Even though Jerry Jones was a wheeler and dealer and said he mortgaged everything down to the spoons in his home to buy the Cowboys in 88 or 89, um, and you kind of get that wheeler and dealer mentality from him, they're they're really, really conservative the way they run the franchise. All right, I hope you ha- I hope you get better. I hope that um, either one or both of your sons become like YouTube sensations and you can retire. And then I hope you have a great Perfect. weekend. I love it. And we'll recap the draft next week, okay? Sounds great. Appreciate you guys. All right, Happy Anthony draft. Richardson to the Carolina Panthers, according to Steve Palazzolo, Pro Football Focus, PFF.com. He joined us on the Farm Bureau Insurance Guest Line, our NFL draft coverage, brought to you by Tito's Vodka and Kinetic Staffing, your executive search firm. Kinetic staffing for your technology company, CPA firm, law firm, your company or business. Add talent 
to your company through kineticstaffing.com. That's kineticstaffing.com.